Time does not heal all wounds. Unless you put the work in and do the hard thing that can allow you to experience true healing. If you've ever been through trauma of any kind, big or small, and you've never worked with a team who's been able to take a Christ-centered, trauma-informed approach to help you process through that trauma and learn how to move forward, then you're likely going to hit tons of stumbling blocks along the way that are going to make you think you're completely stuck. Or maybe even that freedom isn't actually possible for you. This is the Joyful to Eater podcast. My name is Brittany Braswell, and I'm your food freedom coach. And in today's episode, I'm bringing on my friend and colleague, Cherie Miller, who's a trauma-informed therapist, to help you better understand what trauma really is, how it might be impacting your food and body-related behaviors, what steps to take if you've never dealt with your trauma before, and how to invite the Lord into your journey to heal from trauma and strengthen your relationship, both with food and your body. And before we jump into this conversation with Cherie, I want to invite you to join me for three days of free coaching at our upcoming workshop series beginning this Thursday, May 4th. I'll be showing you what it looks like to have a joy-filled relationship with food, and I'll walk you through the steps needed to get there, even if you've experienced past traumas. Now let's dig in to this week's episode. Welcome to the Joy-Filled Eater Podcast, the show that helps you cultivate a joy-filled relationship with food, your body, and Jesus. My name is Brittany Braswell, and I'm a Christ-centered registered dietitian and eating disorder recovery coach on a mission to help you break free from the bondage of food guilt and body shame so that you can start fueling your physical, mental, and spiritual health all from a place of joy. We'll be spilling the tea on all things diet culture, even in the church. Think of this as your weekly dose of nutrition and body image real talk mixed with biblical encouragement from your Southern bestie. If you love Jesus, are sick of having negative body image, and wish food didn't feel so complicated, then welcome, friend. This show is for you. So grab your coffee, get comfy, and prepare to be challenged. This is the Joyful Eater Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Joyful Eater Podcast. I am so excited to have you with me today and I am especially excited to welcome my friend Cherie here. Cherie is a therapist. I'm going to let her introduce herself in a second, Um, but Cherie and I have known each other for a little while. We've gotten to collaborate a little bit on a few different things. We'll have to link some of the uh, collaborations we've done maybe in the show notes, Cherie. But uh, she is a wonderful Christian therapist um, and does all kinds of incredible work. So Cherie, let me hand it to you for a second. Can you just introduce yourself a little bit and tell us a little bit about you and maybe even how you kind of came into this field of also working with women who are wanting to find food freedom? For sure. So hi, everybody. My name is Cherie Miller. I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas, and I primarily work with uh, people who are struggling with disordered eating and body image issues, as well as all the things that come along with that, like often anxiety and depression and OCD, uh, trauma, which was what we're going to talk about today. So um, like I was telling you before, I'm really excited to have this conversation because I think it's a really important one because that is so, so common um, in the clients that I work with. And I came into this work because like so many of us that do this work, I have my own history with um, an eating disorder and body image issues and some mental health stuff. And after I went through recovery, I knew I wanted to do this work. So I actually 
left my career in corporate marketing and went back to school and got my degree and uh, pursued my license. And so that's what I do now. And um, I have a practice, like I said, in the state of Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth area with other therapists who work with my team as well as some dietitians. I love them all. They're amazing. And I just feel really fortunate uh, to be able to do this work now because I'm so passionate about it. And it's amazing to see the way that God brings people freedom and to get to be a part of that is, it truly is an honor. I know I say that and it sounds cheesy, but it truly, <laughs> truly is. I I feel absolutely the same way. This is, this is something that I love talking about. And I feel like that does sound a little bit funny, um, but you and I both have this passion for this area, love talking about it, but it's also something really hard. Um, and we're going to get into some hard stuff today. So I'll just give a little bit of warning for those of you who are listening. We are going to be talking um, a little bit about trauma today. Um, if you don't really know what trauma is, we're going to get into that too, to help you figure out maybe are there some some things in your life you've experienced that might kind of fall under that trauma category. So um, I'll just kind of introduce us into this concept, Cherie, um, just by saying that that one of the biggest holdups I see for, for a lot of women when it does come to their food freedom journey is they're often trying to go it alone or they're thinking, I, I hear this all the time, like, I feel like I should, quote unquote, should, I should be able to do this on my own, right? Or um, I feel like a failure or that I'm not strong enough if I, if I can't do this on my own or if I, you know, I should be further along at this point in, in my relationship with my food or with my body. And, and they kind of go on and on about like, I, I shouldn't have to reach out for help. So let's maybe just kick this off with a little bit of insight and encouragement, maybe for that woman who's listening, who's struggling with this. So what would you say to that woman who feels like I shouldn't need to reach out or support? Like I should be able to do this on my own. Yeah. I hear that a lot as well. And I actually have a couple things to say to that. One is I often remind clients that time itself is not a healer. I think we have this idea that, oh, well, that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I should be over it by now. It's like, well, <laughs> time in and of itself doesn't necessarily heal things unless there's actually been work on that area. I kind of liken it to if you broke a bone, but you didn't go get it set properly, in time, it may heal, but it won't actually heal properly, right? It will grow back um, twisted or gnarled. You won't have like full use of that arm or whatever it is. And our emotional wounds are very similar. Like there, there has to be more than just the passage of time for things to get better. Uh, there actually has to be some care and attention uh, to promote real healing. The other thing is that that actually makes a lot of sense to feel that way, given one, the culture that we live in, which is mm -hmm. in this Western culture, we're very independent. We promote that, like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, just push through the pain kind of mentality, um, yeah. which is certainly not something we see in every culture around the world. But here we definitely do. And as well, I think the enemy uses that as a tactic to keep us isolated and alone and stuck and hurting. So I, I think there's a lot of reasons why um, we have those attitudes. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, I certainly understand it when somebody feels that way. So if you're listening, I hope you guys heard what Sheree just said. Like there is validity 
to that feeling, right? Also, our feelings, we can't trust that our feelings are always accurate. So it's okay to be afraid of the process or to feel like, hey, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that have gone on around me that make me feel like I should be further along. Maybe things people have said or expectations society kind of sets. Um, if you have regular conversation and interactions with people who have no idea what it's like to have a disordered or unhealthy relationship with food or their body. Um, something you've probably heard is, oh, well, just eat more or just eat less or just move more, just move less. And it comes down to so many surface things that people are, you know, have no idea about that those things even in, in and of themselves could feel traumatic or triggering. So, uh, you mentioned, Cherie, how important it is to not isolate yourself, right? Because when you try to go it alone, what ends up typically happening is that the period of time it takes you to cultivate a healthier, joy-filled, peaceful relationship with food, that time period, that timeline is just extended most of the time for months or even years for so many people. And so oftentimes we think, well, it's, there's, there's this cost involved, whether it's time or finances or um, talking about hard things when you reach out to get support, but you end up getting, most of the time, you end up getting so much of your time back because this recovery period doesn't take as long. So um, if, if you struggle with trauma and you're afraid that like, I have these really painful memories or past traumas that have happened along the way and I know if I work on my food freedom or my body freedom, I'm going to have to talk about that, that hard stuff. Um, that's, that's valid. It is difficult to talk about things that have impacted you so severely. So, so Sheree, um, as we get ready to dive a little bit further into trauma and maybe how it could be impacting somebody's individual food or body freedom journey, um, could you maybe just start off by helping listeners understand maybe just a simple definition of what trauma is so they can get a better idea of like, what is it actually, but also maybe what isn't it? For sure. And I will say one thing I wanted to add um, to the discussion that we were just having. Another one is shame. That's such a big, big piece of uh, trauma work because a lot of times there's shame and either that idea of like, oh, I should already be over it, or maybe it wasn't that big of a deal, it shouldn't be impacting me this much, or depending on what the event or events was, um, it, there could be shame around whatever it was that happened. A lot of times people blame themselves or they feel like they did something wrong that created these traumatic events in their lives. So shame is a big one and shame is self-perpetuating in that it, it it leads us to isolate and then the more we isolate the more shame we feel right and I always tell clients that shame it thrives in that darkness and it's like when we bring things out into the light that's when there's healing and we can um, have that connection with other human beings to realize that we are loved unconditionally um, by others and by God and of course we have to do that with safe people not everybody is safe to do right. that with. I always, put that dis- I always put that disclaimer, but yes. Yeah, so, so yes. Yeah, so going back to your question about uh, defining trauma, you know, I don't think there's really one standard definition, but the way that mm-hmm. I like to think about trauma is it's a distressing event that caused you a lot of emotional 
turmoil or distress, um, and it could be more than one event. Like we often think of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, something that might happen if somebody uh, goes through, a, you know, a tornado or if they are a veteran and they go to war and they come back and they have these flashbacks, but, you know, it can be more than that. It can be uh, complex and chronic things that happen throughout your childhood, maybe from parenting that was neglectful or even abusive, um, highly critical. I see that a lot. My clients, they grew up with parents who weren't necessarily abusive, but were highly critical. Um, and really, I like to emphasize that trauma is less about what happened and more about how that affected you. So what might be considered traumatic for one person may not be for another, and that's okay. Um, that uh, Again, that sometimes leads people to feel shame of like, I shouldn't be this upset about right. it. But, you know, it shouldn't have affected me uh, this deeply. And that's not necessarily true because we're wired differently. We have different experiences of things. We have different resources at the time. You know, something that happened to us at one point in our lives may have just been a little too overwhelming. Uh, for our bodies or for our our brains our spirits at the time um, and that's you know that's totally okay there's nothing there's no shame um, in that and um, I, I tell clients that if it changed how you see yourself how you see God or how you see the world there's probably some trauma in there <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and and so when you can start recognizing that hey maybe I'd Maybe I do have some trauma or I'm not really sure if this, you know, is considered trauma. It's a fantastic place to reach out for support, especially from a therapist. And especially, I'm going to emphasize this here, a trauma-informed therapist who is familiar with disordered eating. Because if you are struggling to heal your relationship with food or your body, maybe it's because you never worked with someone who's taken that trauma-informed approach when it comes to food freedom. I mean, heck, I've had clients who have even gone to to seek some help from someone, but the person they went to wasn't trauma-informed and potentially even made things like a little bit harder rather than better. And I had a, I had a specific client that's coming to mind um, who saw a dietitian and the dietitian used a lot of really triggering language and made her feel like she was being, you know, quote unquote, non-compliant because she was having a really hard time complying with the meal plan and the directions that this, this dietitian had, had made for her and was, was telling her what to do and how to do it and how much to eat. And that was super triggering because the dietitian had no knowledge or awareness of eating disorder specifically and definitely not of trauma. And so I, I tell clients this for me and I'm going to, I'm going to say it's Shariful for you to add to this, but like all dietitians, all therapists are not created equally, right? If I, if my tooth hurts, I'm not going to go see a cardiologist, right? I'm going to go see a dentist, right? They both have some type of medical degree, but they have different specialties, right? Just like if someone, you know, was a newly diagnosed diabetic, I know some things about blood sugar. I talk about it, but it's not my specialty and I'm not about to give someone specific um, advice or direction when it comes to insulin regimens and different things like that. So the same goes when you're looking for a therapist or a dietitian when you're struggling with disordered eating, negative body image, and you have these food freedom goals, right? You want to have someone who is specialized in a trauma-informed approach to recovery. So, so Sheree, as a therapist... 
for you, what are some of the most common ways that you see trauma contributing to disordered eating or even negative body image? Yeah, I see this show up in several ways. Um, One of the ways is that, as you were kind of hinting at before, sometimes that unresolved, unhealed trauma is like the root of some of the issues with food. Um, And it can drive some of those disordered eating patterns, whether that be restricting or uh, the using food to to cope and numb out um, as a way of managing the pain and the emotional disturbance that's, you know, maybe resulting from the trauma. And sometimes we don't recognize in the moment that that's where it's coming from. We don't necessarily connect it. Um, I will say that most of the time, not always, but often when I'm working with clients, I might be the first one to say, that sounds like trauma. (laughs) And I remember when I was on the other side of the sofa and my therapist said that to me about some things that I was telling her about. And I said exactly what I hear all the time from my clients now, which is, oh, you know, no, I don't think so. It wasn't that bad. Uh, other people go through way worse, you know, that, mm-hmm. that tendency to minimize and say, oh, it wasn't yeah. that bad. Sometimes we just don't really recognize how, how much something might have affected us and still be affecting us. Um, so that's one way that I see it show up. Another is, and this is just a trigger warning, but for people who have gone through sexual trauma, you know, mm-hmm. that really can complicate our relationship with our bodies uh, going through experiences like that. And so sometimes eating disorders are a way of continuing that detachment from the body. My body doesn't feel safe or my body doesn't feel good. Um, so I'm, I'm wanting to be as disconnected from it as possible. Um, it, it Extreme forms, I've even taken, I've seen it um, taken as a way to punish their bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, an extreme sense of my body is bad um, and deserves to be punished or I deserve to suffer. And I definitely see a, a, a common theme with most of the clients I work with, which is this pervasive sense of not being good enough. And mm-hmm. I think that <laughs> that comes out quite heavily in disordered eating and body image stuff. And so that is also a really big one that I see. This is a conversation, I feel like, Sheree, you probably have this on a daily basis, maybe. I know I do when I'm talking to clients about that that feeling or that sense of my body is just not good enough, right? It either needs to look different or feel different or someone needs to think about it differently or my perception needs to be different of what other people think. And and so we've talked about this a lot on the podcast so far, so if if that concept of like my body just doesn't feel good enough resonates with you, go back. We've got several other episodes where we dive into that even more, but there are, like you said, Sheree, there's so many different, different ways that someone might experience trauma and that it might show up. So we can't possibly try to cover all of that today. And that's not the point, but if someone, if someone listening is recognizing if they connected with maybe something you said with an example, or they're recognizing like, oh, I never thought about that as trauma, but I recognize that like, okay, I have this like physiological somatic response, you know, when I think about this thing or when this shows up in my life, what are a few ways that you recommend maybe somebody just start reaching out to get some help or to seek some kind of a, uh, a next step in healing that trauma? 
I would definitely recommend working with a professional licensed therapist. And I, I don't say that just because I am one, but truly, truly trauma work is something that is so deep and it can really bring up a lot of things that are very overwhelming and without support, sometimes bringing that stuff up can lead us to darker places and it can lead us to engage even more in coping skills that are actually harming us instead of helping us or leading us more towards healing. So I think that support is really, really important um, from somebody that, that knows what they're doing. They know how to guide you through that healing process. They know how to support you so that when those really difficult things are being uh, brought up and brought to the surface, that it's you have some tools and resources on how to manage all that in a way that's not going to lead you down a worse path, right? Um, and doing that alone can be kind of risky in that, or doing that with somebody that is either not trained uh, properly or is not a safe person in your life. Um, I, all of those things, I would say, you know, be really careful and prayerful about. I know it can seem a little overwhelming at times because, like I said, I've been on the other side of the sofa to look for a counselor. So some ideas are if you are a member at a church that you really trust, you can start there and see a lot of churches will have a list of counselors that they have vetted, that they recommend. Um, so you could start there and see if they have anything like that. Um, you could also ask friends if you know some friends that have been in counseling, if they have any uh, references. I always think word of mouth is a good place to start if you can. Yeah. But if none of those are options, you could always look online. There's a really uh, popular website called Psychology Today where you can search for your zip code and you can look for counselors that also uh, meet certain qualifications, whether that be they work with eating disorders, they um, have a Christian uh, perspective, they take insurance, all that kind of stuff. And then you can just send people emails and reach out and start you know, connecting and seeing if somebody might be a fit. And it's okay if you go to somebody and they're not the right fit the first yes. time. I always tell people like, hey, don't give up if you think I'm not a right fit, if I feel quacky to you or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, that's, that okay. is something I'm so glad you brought that up because everybody is not a good fit for everybody. Everybody's not a good fit for me. There may be several of you guys listening to the show that love listening to the podcast. And maybe if you've heard Cherie on some other podcasts, like you may, you guys may love learning from us, but at the same time, whether it's in a one-to-one -one capacity or a group capacity, you may find that somebody else is a better fit for your learning style. So I'll even add, Sheree, you mentioned some really great resources because I was going to ask like, hey, what are, you know, where would you suggest people start looking? Because um, I, I do collaborate. I have like a list of people that I regularly refer to. But for those of you listening who love Jesus and absolutely, you know, want to find a therapist that is familiar with disordered eating and who is a Christian, the um, Finding Balance website is a fantastic place to go for that. Um, I will link it up in the show notes, but Finding Balance um, is a Christian organization and they support eating disorder recovery. I actually did uh, another episode with their executive director, Chrissy Kirkman, so you guys can go listen to that as well. But I will link up Finding Balance because there's that they have a fantastic um, resource there where you can search for all different types of Christian providers. So, um 
I love Cherie too that you mentioned. So many amazing ones. Word of mouth is fantastic. So even if you guys after this want to send me a DM, um, I'm happy to to let you know like some some people that I'm aware of, right? And it does vary state by state, okay? So depending on where you are, I know that can be difficult sometimes. And I know that can be, for some people, feel like an extra barrier to find someone available in their state. But praise the Lord, one thing that happened as a result of COVID is that there's so many more providers available virtually now. So um, we would be happy to, to try to help you guys find some resources there. So um, just bringing it back in, now that we kind of have an idea about what trauma is, how to get started to heal that, what do you think are some of the biggest differences that you notice? Um, maybe in somebody who is, who's, they're working to heal their trauma and they've already said, I know I want to invite the Lord into my healing journey. I know I need Christ to be part of this food freedom process versus, you know, maybe somebody else that says like, I'm going to do this on my own. I don't think my faith has a role to play in this. I'm not saying we have to go one way or the other. Y'all know I'm a huge proponent of inviting, like taking a Christ-centered approach to all of this, right? Um, And if that's not your journey, I'm not about to try to tell you you're going to do it wrong, right? This is just what I have seen to be most effective in the clients that I work with. But Sheree, what would you say are some of the biggest differences you notice um, in those two different approaches when someone says, hey, yes, I want the Lord involved, or I'm going to kind of keep that area at arm's length? Yeah, sometimes I, I really do see quite a difference. And that's not to say I haven't seen some incredible healing and people that don't mm-hmm. um, have a Christian perspective who aren't believers or who um, don't really invite, as you say, that, that aspect into the healing journey. You know, I do believe that a lot of the therapy approaches that I use, like brain spotting and somatic healing and CBT and, you know, all these different, it's almost like the alphabet soup, EMDR and ACT and, (laughs) you know, like, yes, but um, I, you know, I think they're wonderful and they can be very, very effective, but I, I think it's more challenging when you're not, right? And one of the reasons I think that is because when you are doing trauma work, you're usually unpacking a lot of lies that you have adopted as truth, lies about who you are, um, your worth, your value, um, and maybe lies about other people, the world, about you know whether people are safe or so many things. And it's a lot harder to uproot lies whenever you don't have a place to land as far as like, okay, then, but what is true? right? You alluded to this earlier, but our feelings can be so powerful and it's very easy to be led by our feelings and having truth in scripture and being able to say, Hey, I choose to believe that what scripture says is true. That what God says about this, about me is true, regardless of how I feel in the moment is a really, really powerful thing. Um, and I, and I feel like people that don't have that outside source of truth have a little bit of a tougher time, I think, on um, uprooting some of those lies and replacing them with healthier perspectives. Um, the other thing is, I can't explain it, but there's just something supernatural that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that the Holy Spirit comes in and he's a part of that and he breaks chains and reveals things to people that they might not otherwise see and, I can't have explain that other than just the loving force of God and his desire to see us healed and believing that he wants good for us and he wants us 
to know how much he loves us and to walk according to his truth and to be in the light. And so I believe when we invite him into that, he's faithful to show up. It may not happen as quickly as we want it to. We usually want healing to happen right away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's a process. So it doesn't always happen as quick as we want it to. But he is faithful in that. And I, I believe that nothing is impossible with God. And when clients also believe that, I see a difference because there's hope there that may not be there otherwise. That that hope, y'all, that hope is so incredibly valuable because when you don't have hope in recovery, you most often either stop trying or you end up frequently settling for something that's shy of recovery. I, I did an episode a little while back where I was talking about my time in jury duty. And that was one of the areas I talked about. I kind of gave this example or analogy about how the Israelites left Egypt, right? They were in Egypt in slavery and they left Egypt, but they ended up wandering in the wilderness for a while before they actually came into the land of Canaan. And that was where, that was the promised land that the Lord had, had promised the people of Israel. And so often we think about those wilderness, those wilderness seasons are like, the term I hear so often and that you, you may hear as well, Sheree, is quasi-recovery. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm sort of halfway recovered or I'm part of the way there, but I feel like this is as good as it's going to get. And I'm not saying Christians can't be in that place as well, but just like you said, so much of what I see when the Lord is not a part of that process. And if you don't know what that looks like for for Christ to be at the center of your recovery process, I would love for you guys to join us. We're getting ready to have a, a free workshop series and talk about this specifically on taking a Christ-centered approach to recovery so that you can cultivate that joy-filled relationship with food, your body, and Jesus all at the same time. But when when he's not there and when you don't know what that looks like, there's usually that lack of hope to some degree, even if you're not, even if you don't see how that's showing up. So, um, I just want to encourage and invite anyone listening. If you feel like maybe you've been keeping the Lord at arm's length, or you're just thinking like, Brittany, Shuri, I I don't know what that looks like. How do I even ask the Lord to help me with this food and body freedom journey, other than praying for better body image or praying to stop restricting or binge eating or isolating, whatever it might be. There's something so powerful about just saying like Holy Spirit like come into this process with me and help me get intentional with inviting you into every every step of the way so um, we've hit on a lot of different things when it when it comes to trauma and when it comes to food freedom we talked about what it is we talked about how to start getting some help and reaching out um, we looked at a little bit of maybe what trauma isn't Um, And not every difficult situation you go through is going to be maybe classified as trauma, right? But when you start noticing that it is, and you can go back, if if y'all need a little recap, go back and listen when Cherie was explaining about how your body, you you talked to Cherie about how like it's it's not always the situation that's the the trauma um, that's, I guess that would classify something as trauma, but your reaction or response to it, right? And so being able to figure out what are those things that I'm having this 
response to. Um, and then, yeah, absolutely go seek some help. Um, join us at the workshop if you guys would like to in a few days. It's going to start at the time that y'all are hearing this. If you hear it when it airs, um, this Thursday is when we are going to start that free workshop series. You can register for that at brittanybraswellrd.com slash workshop. I will include the link in the show notes. But um, if y'all have never worked with a trauma-informed therapist or food freedom coach, this is a the workshop is a really great way to get you introduced to that, but absolutely reach out to Cherie too. If you have some questions, um, Cherie, what would you say is one next step? Like just one simple thing that you would encourage or challenge listeners to do if they are really ready to start healing from trauma. And let's even just add on if they really want to strengthen their faith or their relationship with the Lord along the way. Yeah. Outside of reaching out to a Christian trauma-informed therapist, I would also suggest if you have somebody in your life that you think is a safe person to be open with them, and I know that can be really scary and vulnerable, but just letting them know a little bit about what's going on doesn't mean you have to get into all the stuff that um, you know you might talk about in therapy, but just letting them know that you're realizing maybe you have some things that you need to work through getting some encouragement and having somebody pray for you and somebody that will um, encourage you to stay on track with going to counseling and to be Mm -hmm. in the word. It's just, I I keep going back to, it is so hard to do this alone. And I don't think we're meant to. I think when we look at scripture, Mm -hmm. it, it seems pretty clear that community is God's design. And there's reason for that because we just don't do as well by ourselves and having community, even if it's a small one of just one other person who loves you and knows you really well and is there to support and encourage you and hold you accountable in love and in gentleness, that is so important and can make all the difference in moving towards healing and health and developing a thriving relationship with the Lord. I know for myself, I've been leading a life group of some amazing women over the last, um, just a little over a year, I guess, and that has just helped me grow spiritually so much, just being in constant community with these amazing women every week and how we (laughs) confess and we encourage and we build each other up and we laugh and we cry together. It it just makes such a difference. And, you know, my prayer is that anybody who wants that will be able to find it because I I know it can be hard to find uh, those kinds of people who are, who are loving and safe and are walking a similar journey um, and trying to, to really get to know the Lord and be close to him. Yes. And if, if y'all, if you're listening and you feel like you've wanted that community, but you've had a hard time finding it, like sure is 100% on point here that like community, y'all know how big of an advocate I am for finding like-minded people on the same journey, right? Community is so, so valuable. So if you need some help in that direction, our free Facebook group is linked in the show notes. Come join us at the workshop with, tons of other people that are looking for that same community and we want to help support you along the way on your own food and body freedom journey. So Sheree, it has been such a joy and pleasure to have you. Would you mind just telling listeners how they can best connect with you? Maybe if they want to learn more about your practice or your services or just shoot you a message and let you know how much they love the episode. Sure. And I'm always here to help. I often get requests from people who are looking for the kind of 
the services that I provide, but since I'm only licensed and my team is only licensed in Texas, you know, we can't, we're not supposed to practice across state lines. So, um, it's not uncommon for us to try to help connect people um, in their state locally to somebody that can help. So that is totally fine to reach out if you're like, well, I'm not in Texas. Well, it's okay. You can still <laughs> reach out and I will help connect, uh, hopefully help you connect with somebody um, locally to you that would be able to help. But so, yeah, my website is nourishedsoulcenter.com. And you can also find me on Instagram. My handle is at food freedom therapist. So either way is a good way to connect with me and, and reach out. And if there's anything I can do to help, like I said, I'm here to do that. And I so appreciate you having me on to have this conversation. I feel like we could talk about this, you know, for a couple of hours. There's just oh so much. Oh my gosh, yes. But hopefully this was, hopefully this was helpful and encouraging to people just to kind of dip their toe in the idea of like, okay, how might this be showing up for me? And thinking about maybe taking a step towards getting some help. Yes. And that is the goal. Y'all know the goal of this show is to create, to, to cultivate that joy filled relationship with food, your body and Jesus and getting that community around you, getting that support and putting what you're learning into action is where you start seeing that change. Y'all know like listening to this podcast is a fantastic start, but you got to apply what you're learning. And so that challenge that you just gave today, Sheree, like reach out. Let that be the action step maybe that you consider taking today is go to Finding Balance. Go to their website, find the link in the show notes, or just Google Finding Balance. Um, Go to another like eating disorder awareness page, community, shoot me a message. Let's get you connected with someone to support you. So um, I cannot wait to see the steps that you guys take. And for those of you who are going to be joining us at our free workshop series, I will see you on Thursday. For everyone else listening, thank you so much again for being here. And until next week, friend, may you be filled with joy and abound in hope. Did you know that involving the Lord in your day-to-day life isn't just for making big decisions? It's actually the best way to approach food freedom. Now, I get it. We both know the struggle all too well. You've probably tried what feels like a million ways to feel more confident in your body and less anxious around food. But despite your commitment to recovery, the scale, or even that number on the label inside of your jeans is still taunting you and dictating how you feel about yourself. Well, I found your secret to better body image and nourishing yourself with confidence, and it's taking a Christ-centered approach to food freedom. It's time for you to see for yourself how you can finally break free from the bondage of food guilt and body shame for good. Taking a Christ-centered approach has helped dozens of my students let go of unhealthy and disordered behaviors like restriction and binge eating and has kept them from falling into some of the biggest mistakes that most Christian women make when trying to improve their relationship with food and their body. And I want to show you exactly how it's done. Snag a seat for my free live training series at brittanybraswellrd.com workshop, where I'll give you the blueprint for cultivating a peaceful and joy-filled relationship with food and your body using a Christ-centered approach. Come hang out with me in this three-part online workshop, where I'll share the three foundational components of becoming a joy-filled eater and help you not only avoid making some of the most time-sucking recovery mistakes, but instead I'll help you to stop obsessing about how you look or what you eat, all by using my strategy that walks you step-by-step through the food freedom process. All that's left for you to do is to save your seat for this free training series at brittanybraswellrd.com workshop, or hop on over to Instagram and shoot me a DM with the word workshop. 
I'll send you all the details you need to get registered so that you can take your next steps to food freedom and better body image. I'll see you there.